Good morning. Welcome to People's Church. My name is Tyler. We're so glad that you're here. Hopefully you had a happy Thanksgiving. Maybe you've recovered from your turkey coma and maybe snagged some Black Friday deals. But hopefully you got to spend some time with the ones that you love over the holidays. If you would, just take a second. But I just wanted to pause. Let's just pause. And then I'm going to pray for us and we'll, we'll jump in. So Jesus, we just pause before you, even now, God. But we set our eyes upon you, God. We give you our attention, even right now, Lord. You're the one that we want to meet here. And so, God, we ask, Lord, for your word to come and speak to us. Oh, God, that you would change us with your word, God, today. We ask it in your name. But you communicate yourself to us. Come, Lord. We just give this time into your hands. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so over the last few weeks, we've been in a new series called Entrusted. And in this series, we've been talking about what God has given to us and how we are to use it. So what he's given to us and how we are to use it. And so a couple weeks ago, we started in Matthew 25. We're going to get there in just a few minutes, but we started recapping the whole series, okay, in, in the parable of the talents. And so we started looking at what has God given to us, and we named a bunch of things. But he's entrusted time to us, money to us, relationships. He's entrusted truth to us. He's entrusted gifts, spiritual gifts, talents. So he's entrusted many things. And then last week, David came back, and he started talking about the practical, how are we to use these things that God has entrusted to us? I just encourage you to. David did a great job last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's message, peopleschurch.online, go check it out. It's there for you to watch. All right, now if you would, go with me to Matthew 25. Today we're actually going to be picking up the third theme. Okay, the third theme is simply this, that we are accountable. Say accountable. So we are accountable to God for how we used what he gave us. Okay, let me say that again. We are accountable to God for how we use what he gave us. All right, so if you would go in your Bibles to Matthew 25. So Matthew 25, we have the parable of the talents. It's in the context of the, the Olivet Discourse, and it's simply Jesus giving signs of his coming. And in Matthew 25, we get two parables. A parable is simply a story that Jesus uses to communicate a truth, okay? And so Jesus gives two parables, and he starts to tell us, listen, I'm coming, but how are you to live until I come? And he gives us two parables, right? He says, in the first one, 25, 1 to 13, it's pretty much you need to live prepared. But then as we get to the parable of the talents in verse 14, he says that you need to live faithful. Say faithful with me. Faithful. We are to live faithful. And so what we see in the parable of the talents, if you jump in in verse 14, we're not going to dig into all the details. We've done that once, but we're going to get some of, some of the highlights, okay? So in the parable, we see a man going away on a journey, okay? This is Jesus. He's, he's going away, but a man is going away on a journey, and he calls his servants to him. We are the servants. And he entrusts his property to them, okay? He entrusts. He gives oversight and management of his property to his servants. But did you see that the, the clear word there is his property? We're not the owners of this property. We are simply the managers of the property that God gives us. And so it says that he gave talents to three different servants. He gave five talents to one, two to another, and one to another. We all aren't entrusted with the same amount. Can I get an amen, right? 
You look around, you see other people who have things you don't. We don't have the same amount. God gives according to ability. But God's more concerned with how you use what He gave you than how much you have. Okay? And so we see that in verse 16, they start jumping in. Okay? The, the servant with five talents, it says, At once he went and he doubled his five talents and made another five. The second servant who had two, he does the same thing. He doubles the amount of money that he, he was given. But we see the third servant. The third servant actually digs a hole, takes his one talent, buries it, and leaves it there, right? And so we have really, we're, we're going to see two different responses to how we use. We can use what God gives us faithfully and diligently, or we can neglect what God has entrusted to us. But verse 19 is really where we're going today. All right, so dig in with me here. Because so far in, in, in this parable, we've seen the two things. Okay? God has entrusted things to us, and we see the servants using what he gave. Now, there was these two different ways, but they were using what he gave them. But this is the culmination, okay, guys? And really, most of the parable is spent on this third thing. Think about this for a second, okay? Verse 19 all the way through 30 is spent on the third thing that we are accountable to. Okay, think about this. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants, he came. Say came. So Jesus, he went, after he was resurrected, he was with disciples, he had those 40 days, he went to be with the Father in heaven. But guys, just like this master came back, Jesus is coming back. Can I get an amen? He's going to come back. And he's going to do exactly what this master does, okay? He came and he settled accounts with them. He settled accounts with them. So he's now going to hold the servants accountable for what was entrusted. And so I love the language here, but it says, and he who had received the five talents came forward. So it's almost like they're standing before the master and the first one steps forward, right? He's going to give account. And so we see that in this passage, he brings the five talents more. The master says, you delivered to me five talents here. I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The second servant gets the same response. Okay, He, t- he had two. He doubled and made two more. Good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. But the last servant. He who had received the one talent, this is verse 24, he came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master said to him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. So we see that the one who only had one talent, he hid it. And Jesus calls him not good and faithful, right? But wicked and slothful. And so we have these two different ways that we can use, and we see God's response to it, right? The first are diligent, and God says, you are good and faithful. The second, neglected, okay? This one with one talent, and he says, you're wicked and slothful. Guys, this is the thing that we want to see today, okay? Is that we're all going to stand before the judge. We're all going to stand before the judge. Go to James 4 with me. So, a, a few months ago, we were in the series, God's Story, and in the first session, you might remember, we were talking about creation, but we were talking about how God made all things, right? He made all things, because He made all things, He has authority over all things. So, it means He's in control, He has final say, He's the one who gets to make the rules. You remember that? 
All right, James 4. Verse 12. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? But guys, this is it. Think about this. There's only one who makes the rules. There's only one who sets the standard. And there's only one who gets to hold you accountable to that standard. And his name is Jesus. And so for us guys, this is what we see, is that God, He has entrusted things to us, and we will actually give an account to Him. Now listen, I want to go ahead and draw a distinction for you, because there's actually two different types of judgment, okay? One judgment is if you don't know Jesus and His blood hasn't covered your sin, there's going to be a judgment against your sin, and the punishment is actually hell. It's the lake of fire. That's scary. For those who have received Jesus, okay, they've received His blood as a covering for their sin, your judgment is not based on your sin because Jesus has covered your sin. Praise God for that. We won't be judged for our sin because He's already covered it. But we will be judged and yet rewarded for how we used what He gave us. Right? So you see the distinction. If you're in Jesus, then it's a re- toward reward. If you're not in Jesus, if you haven't put your faith in Him, it's actually punishment for the lake of fire. This is what I want you to see in this verse, guys. There is one lawgiver, there's one who sets the standard, and there's one who judges. Go to Psalm 75. We're going to be flipping a little bit, because I want you to see these two things, and then we're going to move it to one passage at the end that kind of brings it all together, okay? Psalm 75. Listen, this might be a lot of reading, but I think it's good... To, to dive into our scripture and let God speak to us, right? It's not my commentary. This is what God's word says. All right, Psalm 75, verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Verse 2. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and its all inhabitants, it is who? I who keep steady its pillars. You guys, listen. There's a set time that I appoint that I will judge with equity. We see a few things, right? There is a set time, okay? Listen, it's set. There's a set day. He's going to judge, but guys, listen. He's going to judge with equity. He's going to judge equally. He's going to judge fairly. There's no bias in this judge, right? Sometimes, you know, the, the whole criminal justice system, you might wonder a little bit, is this, is this a crooked judge? Is this judge not? Guys, listen, this is the most fair judge there's ever been or ever will be. Okay? There's no bias. He doesn't put his thumb on the scale for one and neglect the other. He is fair, right? But we'll all stand before him. Go to Acts 17 real fast. Acts 17, verse 30. If you're there, all right, y'all, y'all beat me there. All right, Acts seventeen thirty says this: the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. To repent. Why? Verse thirty one: because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. 
He says, listen, I fixed a day in which I'm going to judge the world. How am I going to judge the world? I'm going to judge it in righteousness. Okay, I'm going to judge it in righteousness, but I have fixed a day. I love this language, fixed. Now, many of us have a mortgage, okay? Now, we, we pay every month. We got a loan from the bank, and we're paying off our house. But how many of you guys know that there are different types of mortgages? There are variable mortgages, and the, the interest rate, it changes over the years. It might be 4% for the first five years. It might be 7% for the next 10. It depends on the market, right? But there's a, another kind of mortgage called a fixed rate of mortgage. Praise God for that, right? The interest rate stays the same for the whole term of the mortgage. Guys, it's fixed. It doesn't move. It's set. Guys, listen. God's using this even same language. Just as a mortgage can be set. Guys, the day in which we stand before Him is set. It's immovable. The day is on the count. Guys, listen. We, we don't know what it is, so we can't put it on our, on our calendar, but it's on God's calendar. And it's not moving. Okay? It is set. We will stand before the King of Kings, and He will judge us righteously with equity based on how we live our lives. Now, about you guys? Maybe you said this to somebody. Maybe somebody said this to you. Don't judge me. Don't judge me because maybe I ate a little bit too much at Thanksgiving. Don't judge me because I partook of a little bit too many Black Friday deals. Whatever it might, don't judge me. Guys, listen. We can throw that out of our language when we stand before God because He's going to judge you. Okay? It's a reality. We might can say that to our friends and push that off. But listen, it's not going to work with God. It's a fixed day. Listen, it doesn't matter what your friend says about you. It doesn't matter even what you say about you. In that day, it only matters what He says about you. When I was growing up, there used to be this fad. It was these bracelets, and they were called WWJD bracelets. Anybody remember the WWJD? We used to rock them. We had the rainbow or the camo, or you had your, you know, like that's how you were kind of like, Stylish, right? Depending on what, which one you had. But I've just been thinking about this week. It's not just what would Jesus do. Guys, that's past tense. But how about WWJS? What will Jesus say? That'll search you, right? I'm, I'm riding down the road. I'm going to turn on the radio. What would Jesus say about this song that I'm listening to, right? I'm, I'm on the internet and I'm typing what website I'm going to. What will Jesus say about this decision, right? Guys, listen, what will Jesus say when we stand before Him? What, what would He say about the way you're living your life, about the way you're using what He gave you? What would, what would He say? This is the reality for us, guys. If we want this reality to come and search us. I felt like for many of us today, this just needs to be a reality check. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I can live in la-la land or my head. You know, I'm just like, da-da-da, we can live in the clouds. Guys, listen. This is supposed to be a sobering word to come and check us. Sometimes, it, even though it's in the distance, it can feel far and removed. It can maybe even feel like it's never coming. But the day is fixed. We will stand before Him, and we need to live in light of the reality. Amen? So we see that God, He's a judge. But now let's, let's, even, let's, let's go in and dig into that a little bit. How many of you guys know that God isn't just a judge? but He's a rewarder. Okay, so we will stand before Him, and we said if we're in Jesus, it's not just about your sin. That's already covered. It's actually about how you used what He gave you, and God actually wants to give you reward for being faithful. I don't know about you, but often we see, whether it's in business, whether it's with my kids, oh, I can't tell you how many times I'm using incentives with my kids, right? Reward. Listen, if you eat all your dinner, 
you get dessert, you get this piece of chocolate. And they whine and they cry and they whine and they cry. And an hour later, I'm still trying to shovel, you know, like, like spoonfuls of soup in their mouth. And, and you know what? Here's the reality. I want to give them dessert. I want to give them dessert. I want to reward them. They just have to do what they're supposed to do. It's not that hard, but they can't get it through their minds. Listen, Daddy is I'm I'm willing. And so, guys, for us, it's the same way. God wants to give you reward in the age to come. He wants to. He desires to give you reward. But we have to be faithful now. We have to do what we're supposed to now so that we can receive that when we meet Him. Yeah? Sometimes it might even seem strange that God would use reward. But guys, we see this all through the New Testament. Go to Matthew 6 with me. I just want you to see a few passages. This is, this is in the Bible. God wants to reward you. Okay? This is, this is here. Matthew 6. This is one of Jesus' most famous sermons, Sermon on the Mount. I'm just going to give you just a few quick examples. There's two references actually in Matthew 5, which is a part of the sermon. We just want to look right here in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward. Do you see this? So you're going to have no reward if you go down to verse 4. He's talking about giving in secret. Why? So your Father who sees in secret will reward, will reward you. Okay, if you keep going, this is verse 6. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. You guys see, see a pattern? Verse 17, he's talking about fasting. Truly I say to you, they've received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will, what? He will reward you, Right? Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is like the hall of faith, and it's this great passage on, on believing God. But this is what's been tripping me up this week, okay? How many of you guys know this says, it's impossible to please God without faith? You can't please Him without believing. Faith is so crucial. But if you get down to verse 6, this is what it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God, he must believe that He exists, you have to believe that God exists, that He's real, that He came, that He died for you. You have to believe that. But listen, that's not all. There's a second part to the statement. This is what He says. He says that He rewards those who seek Him. God rewards those who seek Him. Guys, that can scare us and that can get us jacked up excited because that's a promise. If you seek Him, if you're faithful to what He gives you, He's going to reward you. He's going to reward you. Go to Revelation 20. Actually, I'm sorry. Revelation 22. One of the last things that Jesus says in the Bible, it's connected right here to this theme of reward. So Revelation 22, 12. Behold, I'm coming soon. This is Jesus speaking. And He says, I'm bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Guys, the word recompense, it literally means reward. But it can be positive or negative. He's just saying, hey, I'm coming, and I'm going to give you what you deserve. That's, that's intense, isn't it? I'm going to give you what you deserve for the way that you live. If you were faithful, I'm going to give you reward. If you were wicked, you're going to get punishment. But I'm coming, 
and my recompense, my reward is with you. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes when we can talk about the judgment of God, it, it, it kind of feels like scary. And it is. That there, there's a sobering truth that we are going to have to stand before Jesus. We want that to search us. But guys, it doesn't always have to be scary. You guys, listen. I was reading this this morning. Genesis 4. This might sound random to you, but this, just stay with me, okay? Go to Genesis 4. I just want you to see this. It's about Cain and Abel. Do you remember this? this these were Adam and Eve's sons. One did what was right, one did not do what was right. And Cain, who did not do what was right, he got upset. This is just what I want you to see. This is what God, this is what He asked Cain. Okay? He says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? <laughs> I've been looking at that this week. Cain is upset because God, He received Abel's sacrifice, but He didn't receive Cain's. Okay? Cain gets huffed. Puffy and puffy, he's upset about it. And God, this is the question he says, listen, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Guys, if we do what's right now, will we not be rewarded in the age to come? It's that simple, right? If, we, if we're faithful now, will we not be rewarded in the age to come? It's, it's not rocket science. This is not crazy, right? right? It, it's the same thing that God's asking Cain. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do well, will I not give you the reward that I promise you guys? He wants to give us reward. But it costs us something in the short term. It costs us diligence. It costs us time. It costs us energy. It's way easier to stick it in the ground and let it sit there. The talent. The stuff God gives you. Right? It, it took the other servants time and energy to go and trade and double. But He wants to reward us, guys. He wants to reward us. Alright, go in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to start kind of drawing this thing to a close, but hopefully you'll see. For me, this passage just kind of brings everything together. Alright, little context. 1 Corinthians if you, if you start reading the beginning of the book, what you're going to see is they had some serious division inside the church. Okay, They were at each other's throats. They were kind of coming into different groups around certain leaders, like Apollos. I follow Apollos. You follow Paul. They're starting to gravitate toward these different teachers, and they had division around it. And so Paul, he starts addressing this division. But as we get into chapter 3, we start seeing that Paul, he, he starts drawing this into unity. He says, what is Apollos? What is Paul? They're both servants. This is 3 verse 5. They're both servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He plants and he who waters, they're one. Okay? So he says, listen, we're, we're one. We're all working together. And so, what are they working together? They're working together to lay foundations of faith in the, the Corinth church. They're laying to strengthen the body there. That's what they're doing. They're, they're building the church, okay? Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. Okay, verse 10. Now listen, we're, we're going to hit two different subjects in this. Paul, we're going to see the same pattern of what was given, of how he used it, and judgment. And then we're going to come back because he addresses us in reward, okay? So we're going to look at Paul, and then we're going to look at us. All right, say Paul. Say us. We're going to look at Paul, then we're going to look at us. All right, so we see verse 10. 
according to the grace of God given to me. So we see, according to what God has given me by His grace, not what I earned, by His grace, according to what God has given me. Guys, listen, when God entrusts property to you, it's not because you earned it. It's because He's gracious, right? He gives according to grace. So we see that Paul, according to the grace of God given to him, like a skilled master, builder, he laid a foundation. So we see that he received by the grace of God, and then he used what was given to him, right? I don't know if you guys remember, Paul, God encountered him. He was a persecuting the church. God came and encountered him, spoke to him, gave vision to him, and then he used what was given to him to then go to the Gentiles, those who were far off from God, and start to speak to them, start to proclaim the gospel to them, start to lay foundations of truth in them. So it says, hey, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation someone else is building. But we see, listen, Paul, he was given grace. He was given truth. He was given, and then he used it, right? Go down to chapter 4. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Even, you might remember this language from last week when David was talking about stewards. The word steward here, it literally means manager, okay? So even as we've been talking about, we're not owners of the property God gives us, we're managers, guys. Literally, the word in the Greek, it means manager, okay? So listen, we are managers of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of us as managers that we be found faithful. So let's just read this verse. It's required of a steward that they be found faithful, okay? It's required of a steward. Guys, when God, when He gives things over to us, it's required that we be found faithful. But He says, but with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. So he says, listen, He starts moving to judgment. He says, listen, it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what the courts say about me. It doesn't matter what I say about me, okay? Now, I think some of us might need to learn a lesson from Paul right here. Let's just, let's back the truck up. Because often we're trying to judge others, and we're trying to judge ourselves. And Paul says, I don't listen to others, and I don't judge myself. Listen, we don't judge others, we don't judge ourselves. Jesus is the judge. Yeah? He's the one who sets the standard. He's the one who actually comes and gives judgment on how we live. Not ourselves. Not ourselves. He says this, for I am not, verse 4, I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby quitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Listen, God gave me grace. I laid a foundation. I'm required to be faithful, but I don't listen to others. I don't listen to courts. I don't judge myself. It's the Lord who judges me. Guys, listen, this is the case for all of us. It's the Lord who judges us. It's the Lord who judges us, and the day is coming, right? The day is coming when we will stand before Him. But go back in the passage. Let's go look at verse 11. So he's saying, God, he, he gave me grace. Now we're starting to move to us. Someone else is building upon it. So he, Paul laid a foundation. Someone else is building upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds, say builds. When we start moving to us, he starts talking about how are you building? Did you know that we're all builders? Some of you might have your contractor's license. Some of you might be handy. I'm not super handy around the actual house. But how many of you guys know we're all building on this foundation? Of Jesus. For no one can lay a foundation, he says in verse 12. Now, if anyone builds in the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest. It'll become evident. He's saying it'll become evident how you're building, what you're building with. Because the issue here actually becomes not 
what you're building, but what you're building with, the, the material in which you're building with. And you, and you see, guys, you see gold, silver, precious stones, things that last. Then you see wood, hay, straw, things that burn up very quickly. Okay? They're combustible. And so you see, what are, what are you doing? Are you building with things that last or are you building with things that burn up? And guys, when he's talking about building, it looks like in, in connection, he's talking about the church. Are you building up the church? Are you building up those around you in faith? Are you using the truth that God gave you? Are you loving others? This is the context, okay? I think it can be a little bit more far-reaching than this. But this is the context. Because how many of you guys know? Oh, let me just, let me preach this for a second, okay? Just stay with me. That if you're going to be faithful with what God has given you, you have to use it to bless others. That's how it's going to last when you don't use it on yourself. If you get what God gave you and you use it on you, it's going to burn up, guys. Listen, if it's going to be precious stones, if it's going to be gold and silver, if it's going to last, it's going to have to be about what God wants, not about what you want, right? Because, listen, even in the parable of the talents, do you remember this? God gave them talents, and they were increasing the talents, not for themselves, but for God. And they gave it back to God. It was all about increasing God's wealth. It was all about His purposes. Guys, listen, we want to use what God has given us, not for our purpose, but for His purpose. And as we use it for His purpose, then we're going to build with things that last, and we will receive reward in the age to come. Amen? So even if you keep continue on in the passage, each, each one's work will become manifest. It will become evident for the day. Save the day. Is day capitalized in your Bible? Day is capitalized. This isn't a random day. <laughs> this isn't Tuesday, 2030. You know, like, this isn't just a random day. This is a fixed day. It is the day that we stand before Him. The day of Acts 17, the day of Psalm 75. It is the day where we stand before Him and give account for our lives. The day will disclose. The day will make evident the way that you've been building. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So we have this imagery of fire is going to come and test your work, okay? This isn't the fire of hell. This is the fire of testing. That It's going to come and test your life's work. Now, keep reading. He says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a what? A reward. Listen, if you build with what lasts, if you're faithful with what God gives you, look, the testing of fire is going to come, but listen, what you live for, the way you were faithful, listen, you built with what lasts, it's going to survive the fire. But the one who built with wood, hay, and straw, listen, it says, if anyone's work is burned up, verse 15, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Guys, this, this isn't a salvation issue. Do you see that? He says, he will be saved, but he will suffer loss. What's the loss? It's that his life's work just burnt up. That God gave him time. God gave him money. God gave him relationships. God gave him gifts. And God gave him all of these things. And it just burned up. There's no reward for his work, right? That's, that's the loss. He's still saved. He gets to enter into eternity with the Father. It's going to be, that's going to be amazing. But there's loss. Guys, listen. We want reward in the age to come, right? Listen, there's nothing wrong with raising your hand to that. <laughs> we want reward in the age to come. Yes. We, we don't want our, our work, our lives' work to be burnt up. But it, co it, it costs us to be faithful now. 
to live faithful now. All right, go back to Acts 17 with me real fast. So Acts 17, we just read this passage, talks about a fixed day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. That's verse 31. But this is, as we kind of move to a close today, this is what I wanted you to see, okay? It's in light of that reality, what is God calling people to do? What does he want people to do now in light of the reality that we're going to stand before him? This is what it says, verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands. He commands all people everywhere. What? To repent. Say repent. Repent. God is calling us to repent. You know what repent means? It means to turn. It means to change your direction from the way that you're going back to God. Now, when Karen and I, when we first got married, she was from British Columbia, from Canada, and obviously I'm, I'm from here. So when she moved down here, one thing that was very different for her was driving. You might not think about that, but... They don't really have big, like, eight-lane interstates. Anyone else they don't have? They don't do U-turns, okay? In Victoria, British Columbia, U-turns are a no-no, okay? A police officer will pull you over for that. So when Karen got here, I was like, hey, let's just make a U-E, you know, like, make a U-turn. She's like, hold on, what, like, what, like, what, what am I supposed to do, right? Supposed to turn around. Guys, listen to me. Repentance is a U-turn. Yeah? Repentance is a U-turn. It's where you turn from the direction you're going back to God. Maybe you need to repent for things that you're doing, right? Maybe if there's, there's particular actions that are sinful, maybe there's just direction where you're not pursuing God and you just want to turn around. But guys, listen, if we want revival, it generally comes through repentance. If we want God to refresh our hearts, it's generally from turning away from the direction we're going and turning back to pursue Him. Guys, I believe God, He wants to come and refresh us. Go to Acts 3. Let's just, let's even just stay there for a second. Talking about times of refreshing. Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore. Repent. U-turn. Make a U-turn. Turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Guys, I just believe this today. There's people in here who need times of refreshing. You need refreshing from God, but it might take repentance before you get it. Today might be a time for a U-turn. Today might be the time for a U-turn. Let me just read this last, last quote. The Bible describes the judgment seat of Christ for one main purpose to affect the way we think and live, to motivate us to anticipate with joy His return and to live our lives to please Him. To please Him. Not worrying about the way others treat us or what they may think of us. Guys, listen. When we start talking about God as judge, holding us accountable for how we used what He gave us, God wants to use the reality to affect the way that we think and the way that we that we would live to please Him. That we wouldn't live to please ourselves. So guys, today, I just encourage you. I believe God, He wants to bring change to us through the reality of this Word. 
How many of you guys know that the change, it always starts in, inner, inner, inward? Okay? It starts inward. God wants to bring inward change through the truth that we have to stand before Him. That we would live in light of this. That I wake up in the morning thinking, God, I love you. I can't wait. I'm going to get to see you one day. You know? But, but Lord, I know that I'm going to have to give account to you. Guys, sometimes, can we just be honest? Sometimes questionable decisions come knocking at our door. Maybe I'm just the only one. A questionable decision comes knocking at your door. May the reality we're going to stand before Him. May it convict us. Guys, I don't know about you guys, but some, some of you are really good bowlers, and you don't need the bumpers. But some of us who are struggling need bumpers. Right? Boom, 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 bouncing all over the place. I might get a strike every once in a while, but some of us need bumpers. Guys, listen, God wants to give us truth like bumpers to keep us in the narrow way. Guys, listen, may this be one of the truths in your arsenal, right? That God, He wants to come and reward us. We're going to have to stand before Him. And in light of that, let me choose to live holy and blameless before Him. Amen? If you would, pray with me. Obviously, the altar is open. If you want prayer, sit on the, on the front row. But guys, even now, I just believe, sit, sit where you are and let God wash you with this truth. Let God wash you with truth. Set your mind upon Him. Let's just sit before Him for a few minutes. Amen? So Jesus, we just come before You. And God, we just, we say yes to this truth. God, we just acknowledge the truth, God, that You are judged. You alone are judged. God, that you make the standard. God, that you hold the standard. But God, that you're also a rewarder of those who seek you. Lord, I ask today, would you come and give us a reality check? Would you come, Lord, and convict us, God, of the places maybe we're going our own way and we need to make a U-turn, Father? Because the day is coming. The day is fixed. The day is set. Lord, we say we love you. God, we want to live to please you. And so God, even now, God, we just, we lay, God, if there's things that we need to lay down, we just lay, we lay our lives at your feet. We lay our lives at your feet, God. We lay, God, the very things that you've entrusted to us, God, we lay them at your feet. And God, we say we want to use them for your glory. We want to use them for your fame, God. But we want to live to please you. We want to live to bless you. We love you. We sit before you now. Jesus' name.